Good morning and welcome to a riveting 133rd episode of the Sunday Conversation Podcast. And I had to quickly start the episode today because it's been about his, uh, his, the volume on his mic, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, I got $800 worth of podcasting stuff that I haven't used in over a year. Mic, headphones, all the shit. <laughs> so I'd like to just, well, let's properly open it up. Episode 133, uh, presented by Taco Casa. Hell yeah, let's go. And uh, hosted by us. And uh, nothing's going to change, so I'm probably just going to keep using my damn... It works, it works. Right, exactly. But, um, yeah, so pretty exciting stuff. How the hell are you, bro? Uh, I'm, I'm... That was, a, that was a, an unorthodox entrance, but whatever. Well, it, almost, it almost always is, right? I mean, the most, right. the most orthodox thing has somehow become that we now know what episode number it is after over... Yeah, going on three years worth of episodes, we finally have figured out what number well, we're on. People forget that I wore number thirty-three in my twelve-year-old little league all-stars, so it's like one of my favorite numbers. I wore number thirty-three my last year of youth hockey before going to play high school hockey because there was no number five, Larry Bird. Um, that's fucking whack. It's a fucking goalie well, yeah, number. Bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, I have been, I have a, a massive follow-up to uh, a story from last year. Um, last year? I thought you said last episode. No, no, no. You did? No, last year. In the text. No, I didn't. Okay. You motherfucker. Okay. Sorry, I, I misread it. Stupid fucking asshole. It said I have a big follow-up on a previous episode, not the previous episode. Oh, all right. Well, I love that. Let's get right into it. Now, let's so just for the record, Ben is probably going to be able to put two and two together because I'm going to have to go back and retell the story a little bit because I'm sure we picked up some new listeners that that aren't familiar with the story. But um, about a little over a year ago, 14 months ago, um, I was at East Rock Park with Sasha and this random dog came running out of nowhere um and like started following us and you know he had no leash or anything he had a collar on he followed us for like two miles he stayed you know between like 15 and 30 feet behind us just kind of following us on the trail so eventually like at first I thought he had just gotten loose from his owners or like he was just they had let him off leash and you know they were around there somewhere but you know no owners anywhere to be found so I stop i sit down i eventually get him to come over i i grab his tag i you know call the number on the tag and like hey i you know i think i have your dog and the woman is like oh yeah we live on state street which is you know runs uh intersects through through east rock park and uh she's like uh you know, I'm at work right now. My husband's home. Here's his number. Like, if you could just call him, he'll come meet you and get the dog. I said, all right, no problem. Excuse me, the number. I, you know, I think I either called the dude or texted the dude. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'll be down at the State Street entrance to East Rock Park in, you know, probably about 45 minutes if you want to meet me there. So I walk back with the dog. The dog just this and now at this point is not following us anymore. He's just kind of like sticking with us. 
and we get down to the bottom of the park and the guy comes and meets us and he makes an offhand comment about hitting the dog about like how he's got to teach the dog a lesson i'm paraphrasing but something along those lines and i kind of say to him like dude like this dog seems super smart. He just seems like he needs some like good training. Like he, he just, you know, seems like he's got a lot of energy that's got to get worked out a different way. So fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm at the park. Here comes the dog again. And I'm like, what the fuck? So the dog comes up to me. I, I call the woman again. No answer. I text the husband. I'm like, Hey, I got your dog again. No answer. So I do my walk. The dog again sticks with us the whole time. You know, we get all the way back and I look at his tag and the address for where the, his house is like half a mile up the street. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just walk him up the street. So I strap the two dogs together. I take, you know, Sasha's leash, <laughs> run it through his, his uh, collar. I walk him up. I get back to the guy's house and the dude is in his driveway, like working on his car, like completely oblivious. Didn't even know the dog was gone no clue and so i kind of like like aggressively am like telling the dude like dude you have to train this fucking dog like he's gonna get hit by a fucking car like you guys are very clearly negligent dog owners like this is ridiculous like take care of your fucking dog and so as i'm leaving i text the wife and i'm like listen i was like it's very obvious you guys don't care about this dog you don't take care of him like you know, he's covered in what looks like either his own shit or mud. Like his dog is, is like very clearly not being taken care of. I said, if I find him again, I'm going to keep him. So she texts me back and she's like, I promise he's well taken care of. Like we don't abuse him. You know, he just, he gets loose sometimes and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I take a nap that day. I wake up, I text her back and I apologize. Cause like, you know, it is kind of a dickhead move to be like, Hey, I'm just going to take your dog. Like, your dog is going to be mine now. So, you know, I apologize. And I say to her, I said, listen, if you want me to come, like, you know, show you a thing or two um, that might help train him, like, I'm more than happy to come do it. And she was like, yeah, you know, like, maybe, you know, maybe our dogs can go for a walk together. You know, he really seems to like you, blah, blah, blah. So that was, here, I can tell you exactly when that was. That was the last time that I, I spoke to her. And that was on June 12th of 2021. Well, fast forward to September 8th, 2022. She called me and asked if I would take the dog that they need to get, they need to give the dog up. They are, they've called a bunch of shelters and the humane society to, work out dropping the dog off. And before they did that, they called me to see if I would take the dog. What a fucking wild turn of events that the universe. You have the dog. I don't have them. I have, uh, I told her, hmm, excuse me. I told her I'd call her tomorrow morning when this is dropping this morning, uh, to discuss it a little bit further. Um, I have Chad and Liz's wedding today. I had some stuff yesterday. I didn't have time to grab them, but I am coincidentally, I'm off from work Wednesday to Sunday this week. So I'll be home and we'll be able to acclimate him. If I do pick him up, we spoke for about half an hour the other day about, you know, what, what kind of things they're dealing with, like what the problems are, why they want to get rid of them. Um, and it just seems like it's a, it's another case of uh, people getting a dog breed that they're not prepared to handle. So he's a border collie husky mix. Um, here's a picture. 
Oh, dude, he's a good-looking dog. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's beautiful, and he's smart, oh, smart as all hell. Um, he's smart as all hell. They just, you know, they just, they, it, she, you know, and, and to her credit, she did say to me, she said, you know, we got a dog that, or I wanted a dog that would just like, you know, stick by my side and, you know, just lay around the house. And, you know, I didn't do enough research on the breed and all that stuff. I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. And I was like, yeah, I get that. And like, that's a, you know, that takes a lot of uh, self-reflection to be able to admit that, but you know, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really like flip-flopping and going back and forth. I don't, I just, I can't decide. Like, obviously it's a lot of responsibility um, or added responsibility. And like, obviously the thing with Sasha is the fact that she's, you know, almost 12 now her, you know, her and I have a, have a good routine worked out this dog's he's two and a half. So the, the good thing is you don't have to deal with any of the, the puppy stuff. Um, but he's going to need a lot of work. He's going to need a lot of training, um, which I'm not above doing. It's just a matter of, you know, changing up and everything. It's a lot, but you know, it's also at the end of the day, it's not, it's not like a, like, it's not like I'm going to have to spend five hours a day training the dog. Like in reality, I think I could get away with probably a half hour a day. Just with the problem with people getting working dogs is that, those dogs need mental stimulation as well as physical stimulation. It's like physical. in their nature, like to, to do something right. Like a, a border collie is a herding dog. A Husky is a, is a sled pulling dog. Like those dogs are bred to do something. So then when they don't do something, that's when they become mischievous and destructive because they're looking for an outlet for their mental energy. So even just training them, is an outlet for their mental energy, not necessarily even giving them a job, but just giving them right, right. to occupy their brain. And so, you know, I think for at least in the beginning, just basic obedience training would, would do that dog wonders. And then, you know, he's super smart. I could tell when, when we were, when we were walking with him that he was super smart. He was listening to commands and he had some stuff down already. And, you know, it seemed like he had the capacity to, to get trained, to do some like trained to do all kinds of things. Um, not just basic obedience, but so when I said I had a big update from a previous episode, I wasn't bullshitting. Um, yeah, I might yeah, be getting a second kidding. dog. That's like, uh, wow. Well, I mean, for one, just I, the first thing I would say is just make sure that, uh, you know, if you do go ahead and choose to get the dog, it's like you're thinking about you know yourself first i feel like yeah yeah that isn't it like i don't have a pet because you know it's a ton of responsibility and, yep yep um, no, no doubt that's like a tough spot because it's, it's like uh hey they're calling you specifically hey can you get this dog so like right. you know morally you're like shit like but you know and who knows if they called a bunch of shelters and all that shit they might just they might have only called you like but uh yeah, dude, that's tough. That's tough because, you know, I feel like a lot of people deal with that shit, like in terms of yeah. a dog and the responsibility that comes with it and, and getting it, whatever, you know, it's like. Well, and you know. like, I don't, I don't want to bash them too hard because obviously they're not the first people on the planet that have gotten a dog that they weren't really prepared to get. 
And well, clearly, clearly you do want to bash them because the very second time you ever texted them, you bashed them. So I, uh, I went ballistic. Uh, but, you know, so obviously they're, they're, it's not the first time anybody's just gotten a dog that they were, were not qualified to handle. But, you know, at the same time, this is this is why you do your research. I mean, it's not like, you know, I, I thankfully as a society, like like understanding our pets has evolved, right? We've gotten to a point now where we understand why working dog breeds, you know, do the things that they do. Yeah, and- dude. And then, but then, like, I'll also sit here and just as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about the Americanization of pets. Mm. You know, it's fucking insane, dude. Yeah. Like. Being down in Central America, it's like they don't give a fuck about the animals. You know, right. every there will be a few animals that are like, it's a good enough dog that somebody actually is like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll like actually keep it around. But you yeah. want to talk about just like stray animals everywhere. So it's this like whole thing. And it's like then when you really like break it down into in terms of like, you know, I don't want to say third world, but yeah, like a third world country is not, you know, they're, they're concerned with feeding themselves first, you know, they're yep. not worried about feeding a dog and here in the United States, it's like, dude, I was in the grocery store the other day and I was on the back wall and I just had to cut to the front of the, front of the store. I didn't pick an aisle. I just walked down an aisle. I ended up going down the pet aisle and, uh, there's these two women in, in scrubs, like they yeah. were out shopping and it almost looked like they could have been like they were vets. Yeah. Like I didn't think they were nurses, they're vets. And as I'm walking just like pretty swiftly, um, this woman is like pointing at like some, I don't know, I don't even remember. I think it might've been Purina. And she's like, well, see, this one is like, this one's all beef. It's just all beef. And then like, I don't know what she, what the context of the story was or what yeah. she was trying to say or anything like that, but it's just like, look at this aisle, you know, it's like all dedicated, you know, to the pets. And then you start thinking about like the industry that, you know, we've created, I guess it's like, what, how, how do you, how do you, um, what's like the proper uh, terminology for like uh, market, I guess, market share. Yeah. Like when, when they say like, what's the, uh, like the Band-Aid industry is worth what? what like, you know, $5 billion a year. Right, and then right, they break right. it. Like, the, what the fuck is the number for the pet food? You know, like $100 billion a year? Uh, I'm going to see. Let's see. What's the pet industry? Market cap? Market share? Or um it's estimated the u.s pet industry how much did you guess i said a hundred billion it's estimated the u.s pet industry reached 99 billion dollars in 2020 (laughs) that is by far and away the closest you've ever gotten on a like a random guess like that yeah that was a completely random guess too now can can we just go ahead and check out the band-aid industry oh and my see how god close that is to five billion please? yeah i will before <laughs> we do that though forecast predicts the global pet care market will reach 358.62 billion dollars by 2027 that's obscene <laughs> that what does that mean for you know like what does that mean for 
I love I love that I love the sound of that in terms of like the crypto revolution that's about to happen, you know? Cause I think uh, people care about money more than they care about pets. Okay, Ben, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna give you a second guess because medical tapes are rolled into the band-aid uh, market size. So it's it's medical tapes and bandages. What is your revised guess? Oh my God, we're a bunch of sorry pussies here in America. I'm gonna say 37 billion. <laughs> you, were, you, I mean, you were close with your first guess. You only had to just double it a little, or almost oh, double it. 9.35 billion. I'm just thinking of all the little fucking kids that need yeah, a right. bandaid on their boo boo. Um, no, that's 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 you know. Ugh. That, I yeah, think so that means that means that we care we care uh, almost what ten times more about our pets than our than our own bandages on our bodies. Well, I think um, actually, let's look at one more thing. Um, well, I think what you said has like rings true about you know the difference between uh, the way we view pets and the way like they're Central America. Okay. I was going to say that maybe the health food industry is like, like comparable, uh, comparable to the pet industry, but not even fucking close. Is uh, it even in the billions? It's, it's $841 <laughs> billion, which is oh. shocking. Like it seems, seems like that number is almost like made up. Right. Oh, that's global health. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. And the United is, States is going to be like 849 million. The United States is like 78 bucks. Um, <laughs> DNR does yeah, not read. <laughs> but I think, I think you're right. I think like, because like in places like Central America, like there is such a thing as um, food insecurity. And because of that, you're so much more concerned with where your dinner's coming from that do you have time to necessarily worry about feeding an animal and that's why i would imagine there's more excuse me uh precedence given to livestock animals than there are like dogs and cats because you know if you get a goat well a goat can produce milk and then eventually a goat you know can be can be harvested for its meat or if you have chickens chickens lay eggs and then eventually you, you know you can eat the chicken like like those are more valuable because they provide something to you on a regular basis where you know a dog or a cat you know, let's face it, is is more of just a comfort animal, uh, unless you're teaching your dog or cat how to hunt and and bring you food. But you know, for the most part, those are comfort animals that it's just another mouth to feed. And you know, I'm sure a lot of these people have a difficult time feeding themselves as it is. Yeah, man. Um, but hey, we got a little segue because we've been I've been down in the Keys lobstering. That's right. Hey, Ben, how was your week, buddy? Oh, I mean, it's, it's been good. I've been fucking chasing spiny lobster around and I must say that the fishery is quite fucking depleted. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten like 20 in like, tw I think 22 or 23 in, you know, six dives now. So what are the regulations like three inches? Okay. Like, uh, from like the tip of the it's like tip of the tail. There's like a the... little hook. There's a little like hook under his eye. You like yeah. hook it there and then it's got a, 
the, like where the tail starts, like call it the, the back shell. Yep. Has to be three inches long minimum. Okay. And dude, let me tell you something. These fuckers look way bigger underwater. Oh, totally. <laughs> dude. You like, get them up. You're like, what like, the fuck? Yeah. But I mean, we have the, the, the gauges down there with us. Yeah, yeah. So we just check them. But the first, the first day, we were all just like, you know, gung ho and excited. So we just caught every lobster, put it in the bag, <laughs> brought them up. And then we, we brought up 18 uh, and we uh, threw back nine of them. Uh, yeah. our, oh, our, and we had eight left. We had, yeah, but, so that's uh, not bad. So, yeah, that's when I said we had, tw- we've gotten uh, like 22, I think, I don't know, 22 or 23 keepers. We got eight, nine, two. Two one. Nineteen twenty-one. Yeah, twenty. And a couple yeah. hogfish. And a couple hogfish. Um yeah. is it so with the the spiny lobster fishery in San Diego, you had to either use your hand or you had to use um like a little like hook thing. It was like a long like metal rod with a hook. Yeah, at the tickle end. stick. Is that what it's called? Tickle stick. Yeah, like a little piece of aluminum. That's what we were using. Yeah. You like, but we got a net, this little tickle stick, you go over the hole, you know, you see their, their antennas poking out and you kind of just work them into the net and then grab them and then put them in this, like like a mesh lobster holder keeper. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's fun, dude, but you only get slack tied. So it's like a very narrow window. We're under the seven mile bridge um in marathon how deeper how deep are they how deep are you uh we're like 22 is the max okay 22 feet not meters um <laughs> well usually it, i mean that's how they yeah move. right diving's in meters yeah it's a metric. but uh yeah so we're talking four four meters five meters that's what i should have said sorry um but it, it's it's a blast obviously something i've never done before and uh you know, putting my, putting my scuba lessons to use. So. What would you get the hogfish on a rod and reel? No, bro. Spirit? Hawaiian sling. Oh, I love it. Let's I go. I love baby. it. That's awesome. I'm fucking, yeah. why didn't you send me a picture of that? I love that. I, shit. I, you know what, Aaron? I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to send right. you pictures because be. we got a, a, a group album or whatever. I'll just add you to it. How yeah. simple would that be? Cause these, uh, because a Hawaiian sling, I think we've even talked about it on here before, is the dopest form of spearfishing that exists. It is it is extremely difficult, but it's basically just a spear. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a pointed tip on a spear, and you load it up by holding a rubber band. You know, by using your your. I'm trying to remember how it goes. You use it. You wrap it around your elbow, right? Is that how it goes? No, no. I mean, I just put it in my, I grab the, put, put the elastic band in my thumb and then press it up the, the stick, okay. whatever, the shaft, and then kind of just like, let it go. So it's basically the, 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 but I was only using like a tri-point thing. She, she had a good spear with like the little flaps on it that go, you know, yep, the yep. fish and yep. stuck in there. 
Yep. But I had to like I had to pin my little bastard. <laughs> that that's awesome. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, you there's a couple different ways to do it. You can almost do it like a slingshot. Well, I, yeah, um, I mean, it's but anyways, they're they're the coolest fucking things in the world. They're they're like significantly more difficult to use than a spear gun, which is already difficult to use. Like those guys that do big water or, or uh, big game, like open water spear fishing, are are crazy people. Like I saw a video one time of a guy who spear fit. He he speared. Uh, I want to say it was a marlin, and it Jesus, dude. It it took him for like almost three miles before it finally died. <laughs> yeah, like we saw some grouper that were the size of us down there. Oh, I'm like, sure it was insane. I was like, oh my god. And then yesterday there was a big old probably like a 10 foot nurse shark that it was yeah. like kind of murky yesterday and he's like he just like appeared like what the fuck dude obviously it's just a nurse shark but still but still i mean so we used to uh, off the coast of san diego there's tons of leopard sharks which are also non-aggressive towards humans and like they don't get as big as nurse sharks but they still get decent size and like you know i remember diving john and i were diving one time and there was like four or five like decent sized leopard sharks and you're like even though you know they're not aggressive it's like still a little nerve-wracking to just like see this well, like it's predatory a animal seeing a grouper that big that's you know? i bet i know then it's like whoa you know and that's not that's not doing anything to you but um <laughs> you know then you see a shark two times the size of the grouper you're yeah. like whoa buddy but and then you're like well they get uh, even no, bigger all, than it's, that it's um how'd you uh how'd you prepare the the lobsters assuming you ate them obviously <clears throat> um we so you just twist the tails off and then yep. you, you shove one of their antenna up there up the ass and you get the uh i guess like the the, the shit line out or whatever yeah. I don't know, it's like that little stringy piece of intestine um and then uh, shout out to Benchmade. I got my big ass hunting knife yep. that just has a thick blade. And I mean, it's just all we have that's strong enough, but we're just crunching down, splitting them in half, um, old bay on them, and then on the on the grill. Grilled. Love that. Love oh, that. Del delightful. Are you guys going back out today? Um, yeah, that's the plan. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we've been, we got here Monday. So, I mean, we've kind of, it's just, it's just the two of us diving. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Like in terms of, you know, you're, no you're, real, uh, you're renting your scuba rigs, right? No, we, we got VCBs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You got tanks too? Yep. Hmm. So we got everything. And then there's just a little dive shop right around. The, I mean, there's dive shops everywhere, but there's one right around the corner and we got four tanks. So, but like, yet, like, so you only get like a 35, you know, our long, our longest dive was 49 minutes just yeah. cause you know, after that, the tide starts ripping, but uh, like off 3000 PSI, we've, we had to, we had 2000 left after one of our dives. So it's like, we can use the same tank again. It's not long enough. Oh, absolutely. You're not, and you're not, you're not going deep enough to suck enough air. Ugh. 
Absolutely. Yeah, like, people, people forget. I used to be a tank jockey. Yeah, I used to, yeah, feel, I used to fill forget. tanks in San Diego. And I had one where I, I just was either negligent or an idiot or whatever. And I, if I remember correctly, there's like a very specific, there's a specific pressure you have to fill between and you like, it can't be less than it can't be over then. And there's also, cause not pure oxygen. It's a, what's it's oxygen night it's a nitrogen blend right yeah dude i i uh well so anyways if you if you if you fill the tank too much like basically this is what the problem is is if you fill the tank too much on a deep dive what will happen like it either causes the tank to either explode or like compressing on itself whatever the fuck it was and i accidentally filled the guy's tank too much and like when you when you fill them they get super hot so you have to like you fill them in like a tub of water, like you put the tank in water and then fill them. And the, the tank was like sitting in there cooling off. And I just like came back a couple minutes later and looked down. I was like, Oh shit. And like, like had to like let, I had to basically empty the fucking thing and then fill it all back up again. Cause this guy would have been dead. Like the second he got below 30 feet and it would have been a hundred percent my fault. All right, so, but it didn't kill him. So <laughs> Jesus. Not to give you any. Don't bend. Don't worry. I was a terrible dive shop employee. You have nothing to be. You have nothing to be worried. About. Yeah, but you can't be a terrible dive shop employee, bro. You got people's life. That was what. That was the only time. The only time. But what was, did you see? What did was, the tank look like? That was one of two times I put There's somebody's no, life at risk. I don't understand. What did the tank do that you were like, uh oh? No, it was all. It was all on a gauge. So you like you you hook the tank up and you you're filling it and, okay. the, and there's a gauge that you like read off of and i you know whatever either just had a brain fart or whatever and just over i overfilled the tank and like those tanks are like the reason you fill them to the psi you fill them to is because like th- this is all from memory from a, a long time ago so if i'm wrong i apologize but it's something to do with like the interior lining of the tank. And if you overfill it, it will like, it will compromise the interior lining on the tank. So then when you're diving to, to deeper depths, because of the pressure on the outside of the tank, it will cause the tank to be compromised. And then, you know, I got you. but you know, I caught it and fixed no it. harm, no foul, yeah, no harm, no good, foul. Good dive shopping boy. <laughs> Double and triple um, check your work, man. That's what it's all about. But uh, fuck, there was something else I had to talk to you about. Um, yeah, maybe the queen. Oh yeah. Well, that was one of them. You know what's what do they say in England? Long live the queen. Well, she gone. <laughs> it's it's also uh, a, it's a very the, interesting like it's an interesting know, thing, because, ben, don't like, you think? Yeah, because I'm seeing all the shit about like. You know, like the memes are of like, uh, oh, great, like mother of pedophiles and devoted cousin to her husband, um, yeah. like R.I.P. Um, it is a weird thing, dude. It is a very weird thing. That whole situation is just like, I mean, that's just an in inbreeding mess over there. So it's well, like, totally. how are, how are you going to sit here? Like, I get, yes, yeah, she's the queen and everything, but. It's like, well, I also like, I think it's so weird that I'm seeing like so many people posting, you know, Instagram stories, like memorializing the queen of England, because I, I, I assume, and I, I don't mean any, any offense by this whatsoever, but I assume because she's a woman, you know, a woman that was in power, 
But like at the end of the day, England, England over the course of probably the last 700 years is maybe the worst country that's happened to the planet. Like the amount of colonization and destruction of local cultures and like, you know, complete robbing of, of entire countries that England has done over the course of the last 700 years is like astonishing. And now you've got this woman who's the figurehead position, who I don't know how much power she actually truly has, who, like you said, you know, paid for the legal fees and settlements on her, on her son's, uh, pedophile cases, you know, like, and all that stuff is legit and it's all, you know, it's all out there that he was like, you know, boys with Jeffrey Epstein and, and, um, and, uh, Peter Nygaard, who's like the Canadian Jeffrey Epstein. He was friends with both of them, uh, was commonly seen at, at both of their parties and like, you know, the queen covered it up. And I understand like you have a familial obligation to your, your people, but, at the same time, it's like, okay, but why are we memorializing her? What did she, and, and I'm just completely ignorant to it. What did she accomplish in her lifetime? Is she just, just the queen? I know she had like <clears throat> 75 corgis. Well, also, have you seen that photo of, of her just like in the, in the completely gold throne with the gold crown on and all that? Like, it's like millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of gold. Yeah. Well, she stole it, obviously. So that's that. That's one thing she did. You know, that was that's pretty admirable. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, you're looking totally. at like, like even back in the day, it's like you would see the memes like, um, sitting on box of of gold or whatever, like preaching to the people, like to like you know whatever, do the right thing or whatever. And it's like, what the fuck is this shit? I mean, Absolutely. it's the same exact, it's the same facade that, you know, I guess like the, it's like the president of the United States, it's like the same shit, you know, it's just different because, you know, they're a monarchy and they've been in reign for however long. But, well, and know, dude, it's very, what, what, like, think about how, like, like we sit here and bitch about the, you know, the president and every four years and all that stuff. It's like, the poor people over there having to deal with their bullshit for like, you know, and now it's just them again. You know, it's no, it's like, there's no, it's like, you can never fucking, you can't kick them. This is, this is an article on the history uh, on history.com. It is titled, it, you're going to get kicked out of this queen Elizabeth, the second 15 key moments in her reign. Okay. First one, Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. Second one, first state visit to West Germany. Third, mining disaster in Wales, where there was a mining disaster. 116 kids died and 28 adults, and she didn't go for a week because she felt it would distract the rescue efforts. Uh, four, first walkabout. Five, silver jubilee. Uh, six, Prince Charles wedding day to Lady Diana Spencer. Seven, visit to China. Eight. Honest horrible horribleus, which I think means terrible year. Yeah, horrible year. Yep. Uh 1992, which is when Princess Diana died, I believe. Yeah, the paparazzi killed her, remember? 
Nine, oh, no, excuse me. 1997 is when Princess Diana died. But that was number nine. Response to Princess Diana's death. 10, Golden Jubilee. 11, Visit to the Republic of Ireland. 12, Birth of Prince George. 13, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding. 14, Prince Philip's death. 15, her Platinum Jubilee in 2022, which is just... So basically... What does Platinum Jubilee mean? Like 75 years in reign? 70 years on the throne is a platinum jubilee but like and that's what's gold 50 um probably yeah, she didn't that do was jack two, shit. that was 2002 yeah golden jubilee so 50 yep yeah exactly it's like so i understand the figurehead position and the the uh, honoring of it but at the end of the day it's like this woman didn't do anything and there's some speckled past there that's just a very weird thing to see. Extremely it mo- memorialized by, you know, American, you know, girls mostly that are around our age that, you know, what for? <coughs> oh, excuse me. It's, uh, it's to put an Instagram post. Oh, and that's really what it is, right? Like, hey, I'm going to put up an Instagram story just so people pay attention to me and you know, because it's the right thing to do according to the world we live in. But uh, I'm memorializing. I'm memorializing the queen by letting people know that um, she, her kids are pedophiles. She killed Princess Diana, and um, what was the last thing? Oh, she's a devoted cousin to her husband. Right. She was a devoted. She was a devoted wife. To her husband, who was her cousin. I think that's important. And she owned all the mute swans in the world. Is that true? Yeah. What a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And on that note, that's episode 133 of the uh, Sunday Conversation podcast. Long live the queen. I might have a new dog by next week. Also, did you see the Joe Biden uh, thing where he wrote the letter to her? No, Me? I didn't. Um, something like, um, you know, rest in peace, Queen. I always really liked Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody was always one of my favorite songs. It is a it is a great song, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, all right, Benny, you got anything else? Uh, No, nothing, literally. Great chat, buddy. Love you. Love you, bro.